Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now i'll be honest i'm not interested in recording this episode at all (laughs) (laughs) i think we should just do tenet and just I, fuck it. This, you know? the, this episode. Well, well yeah, I mean, no, I spent, I spent time and money watching the other fucking movies, so I'm going to fucking no, we talk to about it. We got to do that. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this week, we got a review of Palooza. Me and Jay got three films that we're going to be reviewing. We're going to be reviewing Bill and Ted, Face the Music. Excellent! The Death Adder from 20th Century Fox in the X-Men franchise, The New Mutants, and Christopher Nolan's much-awaited film, the the one that Jay's been waiting for for so long, and it was delayed, <laughs> and then delayed, and then delayed again, but it's finally got its release, so we're going to be doing our review for Tenet. Now, Tenet, we're going to do uh, you know, our, our brief review and just kind of talk about the film without spoiling it, and then we'll get into spoilers on Tenet. But before we do any of that, let's get into, what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, what'd you get down to watching this week? Oh, boy, Dave. Well, I was able to watch a couple different things that came out earlier this year in 2020, both streaming on Amazon Prime. One is called Arkansas, and the other is Capone. I will first dive into Arkansas a little bit. So this one was written and directed by Clark Duke. He's done. He's been like an actor and means mainly a few things here and there. Um, Hot Tub, Time Machine, you know, stuff like that. Sex Drive was a big one. Yeah, for, Sex, of, sex of Drive is the one I remember I'm most most fondly from. But this is his first feature film, and he was able to, you know pull together a decent little cast i mean you got yourself uh, liam hemsworth playing the star opposite him and you got john malkovich playing a baddie and vince vaughn playing a baddie and vivica fox playing a character in I, here ju- too. I just remembered the first time i saw clark duke it was in uh super bad and he's the one that that points to fogo and goes fogo's a badass <laughs> <laughs> he just has that likable weird quirky charm you know when you look at him if you see him now though like i oh he looks looks weird right now yeah, his in this long movie hair too. his mustache it's just like ah, that's not working for you but now what yeah you rock it that's fine uh, that's what he pretty much had in the movie i think um <laughs> and you know honestly this is a it has a lot of um inspiration from pulp fiction i would say and you know if this is a, a kind of like a dark dramedy 
obviously it's just kind of like a weird movie in Arkansas, small timers, drugs, people getting into weird shenanigans, how they got into the business, how they're trying to get out of the business. Um, you know, it's awkward situations arise. What do they do next? You know, weird quirk, quirky character moments like that. And ultimately it is a fun breeze of a movie to kind of just sit back and enjoy you know from afar there's nothing special about it however it is i give him a lot of credit for kind of swinging for the fences to make himself a um his own you know through and through drama that i think he wanted to really take you know the time and be proudful of you know and i think he he should be i mean this is a uh, a decent entry uh, feature film and I really enjoyed all the performances and I thought it was a lot of fun to watch it was much more fun than Capone because Capone was a movie that should have been badass when you come when you come to think of it uh, Tom Hardy playing the infamous Fonzie Capone <laughs> um, I'm sorry how did you get Fonzie from Capone please rise now sit on it the Fonz be with you. And also with you. Let us A. A. <laughs> Al Capone, baby. Uh, no, I, is it, what, was that like a nickname of his or no? No, Fonzie was from the fucking happy days. He walked in, no, he had I a know jukebox, that. and A. The Fonz. Yeah, the Fonz. You're, you're, you're getting me. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? I don't know why this was on IMDb. They have, they have that name underneath Tom Hardy. Why did I think that that was like a nickname or something like that? I don't know. I just realized why he's called Fonz because his name is Alphonse. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Al was short I, for I, Alphonse. I knew, I knew it had something to do with him. I, 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 I just couldn't. It just puts a weird image together. in my head. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> just, just old age. Uh, Al Capone walking in. Hey. Uh, hey, Al, the uh, jukebox stopped working over at the VFW. Oh. Hey. Oh <laughs> right, anyway, I, I, I kind of like to watch that now. Actually. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's, it's the better version of that Josh Trank should have done. So this was written and directed by Josh Trank, the infamous shithead behind <laughs> Fantastic Four, uh, the 2015 flop. Now, he has done Chronicle, and we all do appreciate that film. But other than that, he hasn't done anything good and this continues that trend this is a very indulgent pointless film of his you know later i would say few years of life with syphilis losing his mind in miami and his monster mansion with all these servants and all these henchmen and all those family members living with him on the compound and him just mumbling and chewing on cigars and carrot sticks and pissing himself and shitting himself if peeing your pants is cool consider me miles davis i mean look let's face it everything from this was josh trank's chance i thought it was a redemption right film right for him because to do. he he blamed the studio so much for for fan four stick uh and 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 talked about how how it was it was all their involvement and stuff that 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 ruined that movie and his vision was completely lost and never made it to the screen and everything like that but it's just ultimately turns boring yeah it's a it's a premise that sounds intriguing on paper right you know obviously how can you not sell this this film right you go to anyone anyone in hollywood al capone movie starring tom hardy come on like that that will sell 
Now, obviously, and it did because it got made. It did, and <laughs> it got you made. know, it did not translate on screen, everybody, because it, it just becomes a self-indulgent bore. And you can tell Tom Hardy is hamming it up and having a good time with it. But what can you do when the what, what? What? There's nothing going on in the movie but watching him just die and lose his mind. And it's just it doesn't you know translate the screen as anything interesting story wise or even as far as character and All watching right, so, a performance. So Tom Hardy performance in Capone or Tom Hardy performance in Venom? Which do you take? You can only take one. <laughs> Which one do you, Ugh. which one do you prefer? I, I I would I would rather watch Venom. Yeah, me too. Ven- yeah, Venom's more fun this, this than people was, gave it credit was, for. It, like this it's, was, uh, it's cringeworthy nothing. moments wind up just becoming a, a, a laugh riot after after several watches where you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, and you. he was so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, that was, that was pretty boy Tom Hardy just yeah. having a good old time in the theater. <laughs> All right, <laughs> the theater, but you know, making a movie. So what I got down to watching this week, uh, I yeah, did, I did watch a movie. This is a Hulu original movie. Uh, it's called mm. The Binge. So there is a ban on drinking and alcohol and 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 it totally steals the premise from the purge so uh where all crime is legal on one day of the year in in the binge all drugs and alcohol are legal one day of the year and yeah, it, i was it, close to watching this day yeah, and it yeah. follows it follows just a group of high school students who are trying to simultaneously get laid and get the most fucking blottoed they've ever been in their life my name is atu I love to get black too. It's fun. It's a musical too. Like there's musical numbers throughout it, and uh, it it never once took itself seriously, and it never once apologized for how outlandish it is. And there's something refreshing about that, and we'll we'll get into that, uh, you know, a little bit when we talk about Bill and Ted. But it, there, there's something refreshing about it. But it's it's nothing fantastic. If it wasn't free on Hulu, then I probably never would have seen it. But because it was there and I had the time I watched it and I, you know what I, I, I had a good time I, I didn't love anything I, I didn't but I didn't hate what I was watching either it was just a great way to waste time on a rainy I think it was uh, Sunday no a, rain, a mm. rainy Saturday afternoon so I guess I slightly recommend it if you're a Hulu subscriber check it out nice and then other than that I've been getting into the boys again this is like a scene in the matrix now, you could take the fucking red pill, right? Spend the rest of your life jacking off, crying into your chai tea, green latte, what the fuck? Or you could take the blue pill. Or was it the red pill anyway? Take the other pill and quit being a cunt. Which pill do you want me to take? Just quit being a cunt, that's what I'm saying. So me and Lauren went back and we rewatched the entire first season of The Boys, which is super easy to do. It's eight episodes. So I think it took us like like one or two night two nights. And and we finished the entire the, the entire first season, getting amped up for that season two, which premieres uh the the, the weekend you guys are hearing this, it's out. So uh, I'm absolutely excited for that. I, I hadn't watched the trailer for the boys season two i know i saw like the teaser trailer and stuff a couple months ago but uh i just watched the full trailer like after the boys uh first season was done it immediately just started playing the two minute long trailer and i don't think i've ever been more excited for anything that amazon prime has ever done more so than i am for the boys season two i cannot wait for it like the trailer already had me in stitches so 
whatever whatever they got planned <laughs> right whatever they got wait. planned for the whole second season i yeah i i just cannot wait so uh we'll probably have a review of that next week but with that jay there really is no news to discuss this week so now i think next week we'll probably have a uh, you know a trailer park there'll be some things f- coming out i think later on the only news that we got so far is when you and i were in the theater to see tenant we got some trailers you know one interesting thing was that wonder woman we me and you were waiting for a mm-hmm. date to appear at the end of that trailer and it didn't happen there was no date it's still it still does not have a release date but we got the black widow trailer and we found out that that has now been pushed to november 6th but it is getting a 2020 release but we also had a release date on it yeah 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 and and but we also got a the kingsman trailer as well and that has been pushed to 2021 now yes so i you know I'm still cautiously optimistic about that film. I think it's one of those things I'm going to either really like a lot and enjoy or I'm not. <laughs> I, I still am having a difficult time understanding if that that kind of action in particular is going to translate well um, being in that time frame, you know, in that what, 17th century. Who knows? What, I mean, it's it's old. I mean, not that old probably, but it's uh, like an 18th century, 19th century it, type Jay, of Jake, I don't know if you noticed. It's, it's World War One. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right. it's it's the early twentieth century. So fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Let's let's head over <laughs> and let's get into our first review for Bill and Ted Face the Music. I uh, this in the wild stallions. Bill, Ted, enough of the delusions. You didn't time travel. And you didn't go to heaven and hell. Here's a real idea for you. Be role models to your daughters. Get real jobs. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to unite the world. And I'm tired, dude. Ted, we have a destiny to fulfill. Greetings, my excellent friends. We have a problem. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan, performed tonight, will save reality as we know it. Oh, dude, we better write that song now. Or why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? And take it from ourselves. Except, won't that be stealing? Cheers! (laughs) How is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. All right, first up in our review of Palooza is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Years after Bill S. Preston Esquire and Theodore Ted Logan were destined to write the song that would unite humanity and harmonize time itself, they find themselves as delusional middle-aged failures still beating their heads against the same brick wall in their attempts to fulfill their prophecy and become true rock legends. If only they could get out of their own way. Literally, now Bill and Ted learn that the zero hour is upon all space and time, and they have the runtime of this film to create the song that will unite the world. And it it, it sounds like a Bill and Ted plot, you know? (laughs) Sure, sure. So 
Bill and Ted set off to traverse time and space to steal a song that unites the world from themselves. And this is how they wind up getting in their own way. Literally, their own foils are themselves in other timelines and alternate dimensions. (laughs) Uh, They get up to wacky shenanigans like it's 1991 again, and they don't miss a beat. If it wasn't for the crow's feet around Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves' eyes, you'd never know that this sequel is coming 29 years after the release of their bogus journey. Wow. The lovable lackwits bumble their way through this adventure with lots of humor, a few touching moments, and some fan service to those that have loved having an excellent adventure with these two. The greatest aspect of this movie is that it asks nothing from you as the viewer. It simply presents itself earnestly and wants you to root for Bill and Ted because you can't help but love them and the absurdity of it all. It's a let's get the band back together type of movie that doesn't force you to remember every detail of its predecessors, but has just enough in jokes from the previous films to give you as a fan a good chuckle. Bill and Ted Face the Music is a familiar formula of nonsensical characters and plot that is a welcome respite from our current tumultuous world. It's far from perfect, but it's chock full of charm and hilarity and its minor flaws are easily overlooked i i can't help but like get a smile on my face while i was watching it because i I, you know i i thought from all those early images that we were getting jay that like can keanu reeves pull this off right like he looks weird without the beard he does look a little weird Right, and but we like, haven't seen it, him sh- shaved like that in a very long time, and it was a, it's a little jarring. Maybe they have a little extra makeup on him, or maybe just you know needs to get some some sun. <laughs> it looks just very pale. <laughs> but in the movie, once they once they get you know once once you get reintroduced to these characters from the very first moment of it, uh-huh. you're not watching Keanu Reeves. You yeah. know, you're watching Ted Theodore Logan. So it, it becomes a non-issue yeah. right off the bat. Uh, they slide so effortlessly back into the role uh there's there's also like a subplot that's going on through the actually there's two other subplots while bill and ted are you know traversing time and space you know trying to steal the song that would unite the world from their future versions of themselves their wives are also traversing time and space traveling with the older version of themselves to 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 find a time when life is better for them with bill and ted and to remind them why they love them so Mm -hmm. like there's there's also like this divorce aspect running through it as well i think all the things you would be afraid of in in your middle age i'm a failure i i I haven't fulfilled what i wanted to or what i set out to do and the the other the other aspect of that is i'm failing my family i'm failing my wife i'm failing you know at, at everything else and now they have to decide how to move forward with their lives either with me or without me and that's that that's that's something that fits so well but they do it so effortlessly here that it's not even something that you think about while you're watching it it's just after you you you've watched it and you reflect on it then you're like oh you know i kind of see what they did there this really is bill and said 30 years later i think my only big problem with the movie uh comes from samara weaving uh who plays thea uh mm. so she is the daughter of of bill and i find it funny that her name is theodora <laughs> so <laughs> bill named his daughter after ted and ted's daughter is Love played it. by bridget lundy Payne, and her name is billy so <laughs> he named his daughter after bill Beautiful. but while they are you know the female clones of bill and ted for for them it's not as effortless as it is for keanu reeves and for alex winters like it's it just so you're saying that they're they're trying to act like 
hundred um, percent like they are, their fathers as far they as like are how their they, fathers. They talk. They oh. are their fathers. Oh. Is what it comes down to. Yeah, that's hard to do. I mean, it's maybe, hard to do. I, I guess right. it's. Hard. I mean, it depends on the actor. Them, maybe they just chose the wrong actor. Maybe they just. No, wanted, I don't think so. I, I, I think, I think the, the problem is like. So are you saying it, that they try too hard, and you can just tell? You can just tell that they're trying too hard, and it doesn't come naturally. I would say that, yeah. Okay. Let's let's okay. let's go with that. I'm just saying it doesn't it, it doesn't work as well. I, I think it would have worked better if you gave them some minor differences from from their fathers. You know, let, let them have the absurd adventure, but maybe don't make them so lack witted and you know and foolish. I guess you could say have a couple different traits. You know, sprinkle. Yeah, in. give give them something something different other other than just the female clones of their fathers. Now. By the time you get to the end of the film, they have a whole lot to do, and it almost redeems their characters in a way. But throughout the the earlier parts of the movie, it it is a little strange that they're there and doing the exact same shtick that the other two are doing, where it's almost like it's not needed at all. Because I'm getting that story, I'm getting that fulfillment from Bill and Ted. I don't need Theodora and Billy giving me the same experience, yeah. if, if, you, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, they, they also, their journey is much more like Bill and Ted's previous adventures, uh, where Bill and Ted are kind of going off on something completely different. They're dealing with like their future selves and stuff like that. It's not a time traveling adventure where they're getting all these historical figures together like they did in the previous two movies. That's that's Billy and Thea's thing. That's what they're doing. They're taking Bill and Ted's former roles while Bill and Ted are taking on a a, a different role this time. So it's fucking enjoyable though. It's just what it comes down to. <laughs> I know, you know. I'm sad I was able to watch it. I yeah, know. the 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 like the the Thea Billy thing believe me it's super minor i actually watched it twice this week because i did rent this on video on demand i didn't see it in the theater i i dropped the 20 bones on it and i i had it for 72 hours i think so i i think i wound up watching it tw- a total of two times uh it, it was on in the background another time but i really wasn't paying attention so i i i think the the billy and thea thing was only something that i kind of noticed the second time around I, I think the first time around it was just it was just a fun breeze of a movie but one of the things that 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 cracks me up is when they get their mission they look at their watch and they're like dude we got 75 minutes and i was like that is the exact amount of runtime left in this movie <laughs> so, like <laughs> the movie is happening in in real time essentially so that's funny it, it it really is it's it's asking nothing of you other than just sit, just down, sit down and have a good time shut your like literally shut your brain off like bill and ted and just feel it and just go with it and there's a couple of cameos that are that are great too so it, yeah it's, i heard it's there's a couple uh, there's a couple good ones later on in yeah. the movie yeah i don't want to spoil you know too much of it here so uh but there's there, there's some great cameos and it, it's just it's just fucking endearing so i give it a overall i give i'm giving it a b plus I fucking loved it. So Sweet. I'm definitely going to be buying it because I have the other two on Blu-ray. I'm going to want this one. I, I, I can see myself wanting to have a Bill and Ted one, two, and three day. So moving on, Jay, another film that I got to seeing this week was one that I actually had to go to the theaters to see. This one is, it, it's just got a, a crazy history. You know, I mean, it, it was first Josh Boone, the director, began writing the story and working on this film back in 2014. He was officially signed to the film in 2015 by Fox. And the the film was filmed in three months over 2017 and was set for, a I believe, a 2018 release? I think so. And here we are now, the end of summer 
of 2020 and we finally have gotten new mutants and i was actually excited for it but i think the 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 tumultuous history of it going into the theater I was expecting nothing, right? Like, especially from the Fox X-Men property over the past couple of years, you've learned as as a fan of comic book films to expect absolutely nothing. And I think that's the best way to go into this movie. New mutants are dangerous. That's why you're here. Ooh, scary. Oh. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage together we can get out of here that thing will kill you he's right it's magic so am i the new mutants that was so hot danny moonstar or psych or Mirage to fans of the comics is remanded to a secluded mental health hospital after the mysterious destruction of her reservation and the death of her whole family. She is joined by other mutants, Rain Sinclair, Wolfsbane, who has the powers to turn herself into a wolf, Sam Guthrie, Cannonball, who is able to harness pure kinetic energy, allowing him to propel himself at great speeds, and he is mostly indestructible in that state. Ileana Rasputin, or Magic, she is the sister of the X-Men member Colossus. She can teleport herself to her own personal dimension as well as using armor that covers her right arm and allows her the use of the Soul Sword. And Robert DaCosta, Sunspot. He has the ability to harness the power of the sun. He's essentially the Human Torch without the ability to fly. Together they will unravel the mysteries surrounding their pasts and the mysterious corporation that is funding their therapy so essentially because we're meeting all these characters for the first time you know when danny moonstone gets there it's very much just a generic ride you know like uh it's it's like every other superhero movie. I mean, do you remember the moment in X Men First Class where they're going around and and they're and they're picking everybody up and they're like, "Cool, what can you do?" And they right. show you this movie kind of plays with that trope a little bit because like it, they're having like a therapy session, they're talking about what everyone can do, but no one really wants to say it, no one wants to mention it, no one wants to. So you have to wait to figure out what they all can do. And Alice Braga, uh, who plays Doctor Reyes here, she's she's the one who's who's trying to administer this so-called therapy. And and one of the cool things about the film is that it actually delivers on the promise that was made by Josh Boone in that this movie is dark, both on screen and in subject matter. It feels like a horror movie uh, that was set within the X-Men universe. However, it fails to deliver a compelling story or do much of anything with this premise aside from a few jump scares. So while it has horror elements it doesn't really steer into that horror movie realm like like i think i was kind of hoping that it would especially with characters like the like the smiley face men these these eight foot tall gaunt sure. creatures with long nails and and giant rictus grins filled with razor sharp teeth and they have no eyes like that sounds horrifying right Nah, you're gonna get a couple jump scares with them, and then there's the demon bear, which is literally like this this thirty foot tall, exactly what it sounds like, demon bear. <laughs> but you know, it it still it, it doesn't it doesn't deliver quite on that promise of horror. But the horror tones and elements are are there. But aside from a good premise, there is very little depth. For the audience to sink their teeth into it is painfully boring at times and while it tries to elevate itself with an exciting final act it ultimately falls flat 
as there was little tethering you to the story or these characters. Ultimately, this movie is as thin as a runway model perching before Fashion Week. It's not bad, but it's not good either. Uh, and that's that's I think that's like really what what this all comes down to. Are is, you sure it's not bad? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean here's the thing: like it's 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 a fine, serviceable movie, right? Like it, it's not going to knock your socks off, but you're not going to hate your time with it either. You know, uh, the, especially the, the boring, if you enjoy this kind of world, right? The boring yeah. first half aside, like it's, it's so paint by numbers in the beginning. She meets the people. We learn about the people, but we don't learn enough about them. It's kind of like the trailer, to, like the trailer right. had that set up, you know, that exactly. whole time we saw the trailer, it had that same type of feel first act introductory of these people. They don't know where they're at. They don't know. That's them. exactly it. You That's know. exactly it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I really like the idea of this single setting location, right? Like they're, they're I do in, like that. I do like that idea. This. But at no point do they really do much of anything with that. You know, you really get you really get good stories out of I would say three of the characters, and and you kind of get side stories for the other ones where they they don't go deep enough. So so when their characters, it you know, in the third act, ultimately make a decision that seems somewhat out of character for how they've been, it it doesn't really hold that much weight because I didn't get to know them that well. So their journey is just there because script demands their journey to, to take them there. Not, not because their character has demanded it. And, and that's, that's one of the things, but that's what I mean when I, when I say like, it's, it's kind of shallow, it's a little hollow. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, they, they have this place that they're, that they're in, but it's not accentuated by them being there at all either. Right. It doesn't feel claustrophobic really. It's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're trapped, even though they show you that they're trapped. You know, I never once feel like the walls closing in. I, I you know, that, and that's something that can be done more so from the director's standpoint, from Josh Boone's standpoint, than, than anything you could do in a script. It's, it's all in how you got, how, how you film that. And they, they really, tease you with Dr. Reyes's benefactors and this corporation and stuff like that. And I'm waiting for it to do something more with that. But maybe that's my fault because that's what I've expected from comic book movies to either give me an end credit scene or to give me a big, Oh shit moment. You know? So is that, is that, that what never the vil- is that the villain essentially? It's like the place, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, I'll say this: It's a little bit more nuanced than "good guy punches bad guy," and and that, okay. that's that's to its that, you know that's to its service that it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Uh, there, there is a, a little bit of depth there as far as as far as that goes. There is no mustache twirling villain per se, um, and while there is bad guys and good guys, it's it's far more gray. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I mean. Really what this comes down to is New Mutants has a lot to offer on paper, but thanks to its boring and telegraphed first half, the second half has a lot of ground to make up, but ultimately it falls short, about as short as I do in every picture I've ever taken with Jay. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Okay. If I had to score it, man, it's a C plus. It's fine. It's fine. It's meh. It's meh. Don't, Don't go to the theaters to say it though, you know? Yeah. Um, it'll be on Disney Plus or it'll be on Hulu and it'll be free soon enough. All right. Well, follow up question about that kind of related to the theater experience. So like what was how was the effects? How was it like was there any kind of sequences that was 
pretty cool or was it cheap looking and when no it, when the entire second large? act is it's it's all action it's all it's all action like it's it, it moves at a quick pace but it takes halfway through the movie for that story to get started mm. and then they but hit I mean, you like with the this revelation like was the effects like yeah fun no to the watch? effects were fine no they were good oh yeah, okay they were good. okay okay all right i mean you know very clearly cgi may break the uncanny valley here or there but sure. for the most part they were good they were serviceable i mean there was nothing no, no issue with them at no point was i taken out of the experience through 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 bad visual effects so okay. they they put their time and their polish into it but i i just can't help but feeling like with the premise that they that they had set up you know these kids locked in this place it's almost like the breakfast club meets uh you know a stephen king story almost you know it, it's it, it just never delivered on on that promise even though even though it, it's it's all there it's it's all there all the elements that they said was going to be there that josh boone said he would have they're there it just never it's some of its parts never come together in in any type of way that make you walk out and go like that was pretty damn cool hmm. okay. the only thing you're going to say when you walk out is Meh. you know i and i see people some people tearing this movie apart for 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 lots of Lots of little things. But, I mean, ultimately, it was just meant to be a fun one-off to the X-Men series that was that was put into production long before Disney acquired Fox. So so you said one-off. You, so you do think that this was meant this to be is a done. one-off? This is... No, well, I think Fox may have had future well, plans for these characters. Correct. Whether, okay. whether there would be a New Mutants 2 okay. or not, I don't know. I mean, know. we know that this is a one-off now. That, but, I mean, when this they is made a one-off this, now. does it feel like it could have been... Uh, spun off into sequels. You know, it, it was very clear that there was like there was meant to be a hook at the end of it. You know, there was going to be an end credit scene, but Josh Boone said that he did have to scrap the end credit scene because it implied a a sequel or a continuation of this story. Um, so instead, what what he did have was the original New Mutants artist come in and draw all of these characters as their. X-Men New Mutants counterparts. So Anya Taylor-Joy looking like Magic did from the comics. He came in and drew it all, which was pretty cool. You know, it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I I always liked the New Mutants in the comics, so I was intrigued by this. I liked I liked where where they where they had planned on taking it. And if you told me that Disney was going to be like, "You know what? We are going to greenlight a sequel." I I would actually be down for it. I don't know if I'd want Josh Boone to take another crack at it, but I liked what I saw enough that I'd be willing to give it a second chance, all right, all right. another chance uh, for, for someone else to pick it up and do it. We know that that's not going to happen because there's too much in this film that implies the larger X universe out there <laughs> that no longer exists. So Yeah, let's not get into that again. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Just wait till it comes to video on demand. You'll have, you'll you'll be much better off saving your twenty dollars. All right, Jay, that's gonna do it for the reviews that I had this week. Next, we got our big review, man. We got to get oh, into yeah. Tenet. All right, Jay, Tenet. You and I, uh, you actually, because you're an A-list member, you got me into an early showing of Tenet on August 31st instead of the release date of September 4th. And it was a completely empty theater 
Um, I know pretty much. I, it was definitely, I would say, less than twenty five percent. Even for sure. I mean, it sure. was it was significant. Now, granted, people, we were not in an IMAX or Dolby. Uh, they were all sold out. Um, I guess that's where everybody was at. <laughs> <laughs> we I don't were just know. At a, we were at one of the larger uh, theater rooms, but it was like the old school, traditional digital, you know, theater. It right. wasn't anything too and fancy, no, and no power reclining seat, which pissed me off. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so ultimately, it, the, the experience wasn't wasn't bad. I wasn't near anybody like I was the last right. time I was at the theaters to see Train to Busan. There was no one near me, so uh, I, I I felt comfortable at least at, at, the, at the very least. Um, I'm not going to make it a habit of going to the theaters though. Uh, 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 maybe for something like this, something like Tenet, but there's if I can avoid it, I'm going to avoid it as as best as I can because it's just the recycled air that gets me. Like it, I, I could. Be be distant from everybody as much as I want, but still, yeah, people coughing in another theater, it gets sucked up through the air vents, it comes blowing right down on me. So. Yeah, and apparently they have air purifiers in there. Bullshit. Now. Just saying. Bullshit. Just saying. So let's so. get into tenant proper because there's a lot to discuss here. Oh, yeah. Don't touch them. That'll happen here. Hasn't happened yet. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear Holocaust. No. Something worse. How would you like to die? Both. You chose the wrong profession. We have been attacked by the future. Time isn't the problem. Getting out alive, that's the problem. Then first, so my turf, I'm out of line. I put in work, I draw the line and cross it first. I need the time, I need the one and make it worse. All right, so Tenet follows the protagonist, played by John David Washington, as he is brought into an underground organization known as Tenet. He is set with the task of locating the pieces of the algorithm so that he can prevent future scientists from sending objects back through time that will ultimately be our doom in the past and thus unraveling time and existence as we know it mm. and it's yeah. not it's Sit not on that for a second <laughs> yeah and it's but it's not it's not quite it's not quite as complicated as as even that sounds <laughs> um but you know it my my big issue with this movie is is has nothing to do with the with the script. It has absolutely nothing to do with the plot, either. Um, what what my my big problem with it is there is so much technical going on in this movie. Um, from yeah, this movie is all about plot, though, Dave. I mean, this is a plot movie. From the fight scenes being being filmed in reverse to all new sound design uh, from Christopher Nolan with an all new editor. My big problem with this movie was that I didn't hear one fucking ounce of dialogue throughout the film's runtime. Practically, yes. If there was anything going on remotely action-based whether it's gunfire whether it's an explosion and it's christopher nolan movie so there's plenty of all of that whether it's a plane crashing into a fucking building at 10 miles an hour that's right 10 miles an hour far less spectacular than you may have thought (laughs) um it's that i couldn't hear a word that was being said It, it the score alone 
was even drowning out the sounds of explosions. And I had some similar problems with things in Dunkirk, but what Dunkirk had going for it was that there was practically no dialogue. So anything you missed really didn't matter all that much. Here, this is true. In a plot heavy movie, everything that's said, especially when it involves time travel, will come back later on. <laughs> <laughs> in the plot and it yeah. will be important so the fact that i couldn't hear most of that winds up being an extreme detriment to the movie and i was worried that it was the theater that we were in but i did talk to other people who have seen this movie and they all had the exact same problem yes i've, they I've couldn't been hear hearing this word um, one of dialogue pretty much with every single review and i believe this may be the last time you'll see something like this from Christopher Nolan because this is going to be the main blowback from this film. Because I think so. How how can you? It, it it was so frustrating, Dave. I mean, it was very jarring. It was very noticeable, and it does get to the point where people will be complaining, and that's not just uh, us. I'm talking casual moviegoers are going to really be frustrated with this film. I bet you I would love this movie if I just read its script. <laughs> I bet you I would love it. I, I think I really would. I but, think you would. But, but Christopher Nolan expertly weaves plot points together like a tapestry. But thanks to his penchant for innovation and uniqueness in filmmaking, the bigger picture becomes lost. And I, I really think like when while watching this movie, I kept thinking of Dr. Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park, where uh, he, he should have he was so preoccupied about whether he could. He never stopped to ask himself whether he should. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> whether whether right. it, it, it there it, you know where i talked about bill and ted where where it, it was so earnest in its delivery where it's just like it wore everything it was right on its sleeve yeah i feel like tenant had nothing earnest about it, was it whatsoever absolutely the opposite yeah it honestly felt kind of pompous in a way it kind of felt like Nolan is now a little bit too full of himself. He's been, you know, he's high on his own farts at this point. Love the gas. Love it. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Well, I think he's trying to get too creative for his own good and not just for his own good, but also for uh, the detriment really for the actual movie goer to enjoy the movie as a whole while you're watching the experience. I think so too. I mean, there uh, another big problem that I had throughout the movie, which I, I'm going to put down to another technical issue is just the, the the pacing of the first of the first half of this movie you know john david washington is in mumbai now he's in london now he's in he's in kiev now he's mm-hmm. in you know he's in all these different locations and each scene in each location is taking up two to five minutes of runtime so everything that's going on is happening at such a pace that you can't get your bearings for for time at all there's no there's no exposition for uh location jumping because it's a hard cut into a new location for whatever reason that they're there now i understand that that's purposeful probably on no one's part so that way there's not too many plot holes when we get to the end and all this stuff starts to come together Mm. you know um and 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 and, but the problem is it takes you so long to get your bearings in the film by the time you're getting there at the car chase which we've all seen in the (laughs) in the trailer which is pretty much the middle of the movie (laughs) i looked at my watch and i was like huh this movie started at seven it's only 8 15 how much longer do i have to sit here i i I was ready to be done i was ready for 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 the climax of the film to happen at the end of that car chase and for me to go home and 
try and digest everything that that I just watched. And sure. I think you and I found out while standing outside discussing the film afterwards, this film is far more fun to talk about than it was to watch. Yes. And that was one of the things that I came about realizing um, after we parted ways was the best part of this movie was you and I outside talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, and, it throws, and the movie and throws a I lot at I do appreciate you. movies that do that. However, you still have to enjoy yourself while watching the movie. It doesn't have right. to always come together at the very last uh, chapter of the film to come together. Inception, you know, there are other movies of Christopher Nolan that has similar setups like that, where right. it does all pay off and come together towards the end. But you are able to follow the movie while you're watching the movie and and enjoy yourself. There's, it's hard to do that throughout Tenet. It's really hard. And on top of that, Dave, the action scenes were nothing special. And that was so frustrating because this is Christopher Nolan and you're used to seeing and expecting something spectacular. And some things were pretty interesting and cool to see. But, and and no green screen, this is all in camera, practical effects. But even still, nothing really blew you away. No, no. I mean, when you tell me you're going to crash a plane, but then you do it at 10 miles an hour, you're really not giving me anything anything spectacular. I think I saw that in Passenger 57 or some other movie that involved <laughs> an airplane. And I didn't care. Uh, you know. I, and they've done... Oh, I'm sorry. Con Air. Con Air did it fantastically. You want to crash oh, yeah. a plane. That's how you crash a plane on screen. <laughs> but I mean, me and you talked about this in comparison to Inception. Inception gave us this, this, this thing where... You know, Ellen Page was was new to it all, and their exposition dumps to her made sense because they're training her and they're showing her how this world works. On yeah. this, at the same time, we're learning about it. But in Tenet, because it's so clandestine, because everything's so secret, John David Washington's only getting pieces of the information, and we as the audience are only being given pieces of that information, and none of it really sure. comes together un, until the end. So you're left spinning your wheels and and trying to spend right. a lot of your time throughout the runtime of this movie instead of possibly enjoying what's going on you're thinking about what's going on a little bit too much frustrating thing you understand why they're doing that the whole point of the movie but at the same time it's like well i understand why but it still didn't make that whole previous 45 minutes or so enjoyable for me to get to this point you know was the payoff worth it not so much i already know the frustrating thing my big problem right now is when I was reading other people's early reviews on Twitter after I had kind of like written up the notes on my own was there was already people saying like the people who don't like it just don't get it and it's like no this this is not a hard plot to follow it it honestly (laughs) it explains itself pretty well by the time you get to the end of the movie it all makes sense Mm-hmm. It does. And it doesn't bog itself down in in too much scientific jargon. You know, how do objects move backwards through time? A special type of radiation. Care to explain how that works? Not really. Fine by me. Yes, science, bitch. So it, it, it's it's not difficult to wrap your head around. It's not. It, I, you, I, you just have to let things go and just go exactly. with it. Yeah. And it's fine. And, and, and that's fine. My problem is just with the technical aspect of the way this film was put together. That's just just the fact that i couldn't get my bearings in the beginning i didn't understand what was going on it never once it, it never once took a minute 
for me to settle into to the main character, even though I love John David Washington and his role here. I I, I just think I think all that the comes acting from, was was right. good. I think to, that comes good from to him. Fine, good to fine. Because right. I, I would say I'm a little little iffy on a couple of the other supporting roles, but I think Robert Pattinson and and John David Washington were fantastic yeah. in their roles. I think they did they a were. good job and had good chemistry. Yeah, but I wasn't crazy about about cat who's played by elizabeth de becky um mm-hmm. she she was fine you know it was it, it was whatever she she had her role but really it's her role that i wanted to like more here's here's literally a a battered woman taking back her freedom essentially taking back you know a part of herself that she lost to this evil man who's who's played by kenneth Branagh, andre sator who is the main villain you know i wanted to root for her more but instead I've, i wound up not liking her and i don't I, I don't have a good answer for for why so I'm putting that down to to performance. But Kenneth Branagh, I thought he was far too over the top. He was uh, so he hot was, and cold. He was on the line for me. He was on the line. I, I yeah. definitely didn't like it, but I didn't hate it either. Um, but one of the things that just, again, stood out was like a, an actor like Aaron Taylor Johnson making a, you know, a surprise late showing. It's not a surprise, really. It's not a spoiler or anything like that. But he is in this movie, and he comes in later. But there's no, there's no real meat to chew on for him to even play with. Right. And even still, his whatever dialect that he's using, I think it's like a rough and you know, like a like a rough part of London, like a real rough British kind of accent. It's, it's very yeah, it's heavy. Co- it's, it's, it's a little hard. cockney. Yeah. It's a little it's a cockney. Little. It's very militant. Um, it's hard to kind of understand as as well. Again, that well, it's was hard a to understand because everything around them is so loud. They're that, on a ship, exactly. so you can and barely hear what they're saying. They're they're preparing for a battle, and there's explosions going around, so you can barely hear sure, what he's saying. Sure. And a lot of that exposition dump that that we're waiting for to get a bit of an explanation on what's going on comes from him. And most of his scenes, you can't hear what the dude is saying. Uh, look. Ultimately, I love. I, I like the premise of this movie. I think there was a lot there uh, for for people to enjoy. I just think ultimately, I think it's a film that's far more fun to discuss and to dissect as far as yeah. the 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 inversion and time travel works than which, it is. Which to, does raise to my watch. grade, Dave. <laughs> I give it. I give it credit for that because I do enjoy movies that do that, and I give them credit for that. However, you know, like right, well, as what, my grade would affect. <sighs> I I'm gonna give it a C plus. All right, um, I'm gonna give I'm, it a C plus. I'm at a C minus. Ooh, my wow. yeah. my wife asked me which one I enjoyed more, whether I liked New Mutants or Tenet more, and it's like, huh? I think I enjoyed like the story and everything that I was getting from Tenet yeah. Yeah. more than New Mutants. However, New Mutants felt more digestible to me. Now, obviously, these are apples and oranges. You are a sad, strange little man. And you have my pity. But I, 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 I think I had a better time <laughs> shutting my brain yeah. off and watching New Mutants. And I got to say, I mean, the, the, the hero of the week for me is just Bill and Ted. <laughs> that, oh, saved understandable. My, that saved my week. That understandable. saved my week. Now, for All me, right. like while watching this movie, it was a C minus. And after the fact of like talking with you about it and really marinating with it and also kind of giving myself, um, you know, I'm watching this film in IMAX this coming weekend again. I do think that there are some things that I will probably understand and enjoy more 
while watching it a second time. So I'm giving myself the benefit of doubt of, of, of giving that score a C plus. And I think I'm pretty sure it will not go any higher than that. Uh, but even still, I'm okay with that. I'm going to watch it again when it comes to video on demand because I'm hoping that when it gets reformatted for my screen, they also go back in and they fix the sound. So that way when I watch it at home, I yeah. might have a better chance of, of hearing the dialogue, which is ultimately like, like my, my big thing that I took away from this is yeah. I fucking hated the editing. It's really I bad. Yeah. Fucking hated the sound design. Yeah. But Jay, uh, let's dissect this a little bit. Let's get into a little bit of the conversation you and I were having after the film. Let's get into our spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, so obviously we never get a name for for John David Washington. He's only ever referred to as the protagonist. But um, I, I kind of like that in, in a way it, where, you know, I don't think I even realized that we didn't quite get a name for him until the end of the movie when, I mean, again, this is the spoiler section, so you should have got out here when you find out that he is the creator of Tenet. Like he is the mm-hmm. guy who goes on to start the entire organization yeah. and he actually had to send someone back through time to recruit himself so that he created it. Um, well, which, multiple people really. I mean, there's uh, pawns throughout this whole movie that you really, you realize at the very end was orchestrated from him. Exactly. So From the future, Robert Patton's <laughs> Robert Patton's character of Neil uh, comes back through time, and it's something that's completely innocuous. But when they sit down to have drinks for the first time, yeah. you know he he tells him that he always drinks on the job, and and he tells him that he prefers. So, uh, you know, the protagonist tells Neil, "I prefer soda water." He goes, "No, you don't." You prefer yeah. Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it turns out to be right because at the end of the film, we find out that Neil is the protege of the protagonist in the future who was sent back through time. Now, there, I heard a couple theories that Neil is actually Kat's son, but I was I was wondering about this, right? They can send objects back through time because objects really don't change. You know, you send a bullet back through time, a bullet really, an inverted bullet really doesn't change. But what happens when you send a person back through time? Because the way time travel works in this, it's not like blip, you're there. You know, y- you travel backwards through time at the same rate of speed that you were traveling forwards through time. The, mm-hmm. your, your perception of time is... It, the length of it stays exactly the same. So how did Robert Pattinson go from wherever he was in the future, where it's pretty much implied that John David Washington's, the protagonist was much older and pretty much on his last mission. they kind of imply that he's dead. Essentially they sent him back through time, but he didn't age at all. He stayed the same age. He was in the future, which is weird, right? Hmm. At what point, at what age was Neil when he was sent back through time, what age was the protagonist when he sent back through time? Now it's obviously possible, but what I, like that's something I was thinking about. Like, shouldn't Neil come back? And since he's still experiencing time in reverse in the same way, his body would still feel the effects of time. Wouldn't it? I don't know. 
but that's yeah, something, that's something I, interesting I was thinking about. That's, yeah, that's a good point. And, and one of those things that's just not answered about this movie. Right. But for, for all we know, Neil was sent back through time five years, which wouldn't have much of a difference on sure. his. And, and John David Washington, the protagonist, is having his last mission five years from 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 the day sure. uh, that even they're ten attacking. Years, you know, yeah, it's, ten it's, years. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's doable. It's 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 yeah. not it's not a plot hole. It doesn't break a the whole plot lot can happen in ten years. Right. <laughs> right. It doesn't break yeah. the plot at all. But anyway, um, that that that's one of the things that like I I do find that stuff interesting. Like like the and that, especially that's the kind the, of stuff, Dave. That I'm looking forward to my second viewing right. with this movie is like little things like that to kind of marinate with. I also love the philosophical the philosophical question throughout it because uh, they talk about the grandfather paradox a ton of times. Right? If you go back in time and you kill your grandfather. Mm-hmm then you would thus negate your existence. Except if you didn't exist, you couldn't have ever gone back in time to kill your grandfather. So Mm -hmm. therefore... What the hell have you done, Fry? Relax. She can't be my grandmother. I figured it all out. Of course she's your grandmother, you perverted dope. Look! Come back to bed, dear. It's impossible. I mean, if she's my grandmother, who's my grandfather? Isn't it obvious? You are! And they talk about this throughout the movie. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character always says, whatever happened, happened. You can't change that. It's already happened. You can only observe it. Right. But John David Washington's character, the protagonist, said, but what if we can? What if we can change it? But But by the ending of this film, what they proved was that the grandfather paradox is a bunch of bullshit because whatever happened, happened. Despite John David Washington's character trying to change the future he never changed a goddamn thing it always just happened the way it happened try as he might no matter what it all happened the way it happened yeah yeah so which which is a very nihilistic view of it right because a lot of like we as americans we like to believe that that you can work hard you can persevere you can do anything if you set your mind to it but it turns out you can't change time even when you have the ability to time travel whatever happened happened it's, 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 so like no matter what the future who are who, who sends the algorithm back through time who sends these objects back through time to destroy the past will always exist and that will always happen no matter what you can't stop the future from trying to destroy the past which is interesting to think about exactly you know? So it's almost as if Tenet's existence is almost pointless because no matter what, that will still be the outcome. Now, them from the future, shouldn't they know that whatever happens, happens? And therefore, you should know that you can't destroy the past because you them, still is there, exist. Is there a cause to make sure that does that does stay that way? I have no clue. I have no clue. You know, I, it's it's it's, but it's interesting to think to about. Prevent anything from someone tampering right. with it. To this have is it. Al- I don't know. this is almost like a war of nothing. It's two it's two opposing sides, tenant and and the and the future, fighting against Hence each the other. Title, you know, right? Backwards, right. Well, forwards, same thing. Exactly. You know, the, the, uh, the title is is a palindrome. So palindrome. It's, it's irrelevant. 
Right, exactly. It's it's all it's all irrelevant by the end. They're 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 fighting each other, yeah. but no matter what, the future should know that the past can't change the future. Yeah. I suggest you let that one marinate. It's 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 very strange, but we get it is that, strange. We get that with with Kenneth Branagh as well because he is the representation of of the nihilistic futures uh, viewpoints. He is he, he's the guy who has collected all nine pieces of the algorithm, which have been sent back through time. And when they are all put together, he can essentially unmake the world. And mm. by what he would do is with the algorithm there, he can set the world's time to run in reverse permanently until it's completely unmade. And and it's all set to his to his uh, watch, to his to his uh, heartbeat monitor, his health monitor, like his basically his Fitbit. And if his heart ever stops. The algorithm will go off, time will reverse, and everything will be unmade. Not just Earth, all of the universe, essentially, will be completely unmade until time didn't exist. Because we don't know when time started or when time will end. We don't even know what makes time. <laughs> time is something that we experience as, as linear, but we don't even know if there's any type of matter that makes up time. So, but he would essentially die and completely undo time. And he is that nihilistic view that the future has. If he can't have the world, then no one can. And they say that throughout the right. film, right. which is, which is something that I, 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 I can kind of relate to, uh, in, in a way, but it, it's, it's so super villainy that it kind of rubbed me the wrong way throughout the film where I was like, this guy is such a bond villain. You know, he's such a, he's such a mustache twirling bad guy. There's almost no redeeming quality about him whatsoever. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Nothing. Absolutely right. they, nothing. They don't even give him like a touching moment with his son. No, where I could be like, no. you know what? He wants to undo all of space and time, but you know, he also really loves his kid. <laughs> He says how much he loves his child, but at no point in it am I really like, man, what a good daddy is. You know, I I, I kind of wish like they fit that in there that he's like, he's like a really good dad on top of being like an international arms dealer and just, just about the worst person to ever exist in all of history. But he's a really good dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, would we hate Hitler as much if he had children and we saw pictures of him, like, I don't know, playing ball in the backyard with his kid and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. Um, but that, that's, those are just a few of like the interesting things that, that I thought, you know, I, I really liked the way that they tied Kat's story up where, you know, Kat figures out when Kenneth Branagh's Sator was going to kill himself because it was a time where he disappeared when they were on vacation in, in Vietnam. And she saw a woman jump off the boat and she thought that he disappeared because he was cheating on her and the woman was his mistress. So mm-hmm. uh, when she, when she gets on the boat though, you know, Kevin Brown is not, not anywhere to be found. He does eventually show up, but essentially that's Sator moving through time showing up, not the original Sator who essentially killed himself then. But what we find out is he didn't actually kill himself. The whole the whole mission happened and she is the one who killed him and she was the one who jumped off um, and jumped off the boat. Right. Now, I, I like the way that that all ties up, but there's a scene earlier on, Jay, when Michael Caine and the protagonist are sitting down 
and they're having a conversation. He mentions, Michael Caine mentions that Sator's facility was attacked and that his operation has been shut down. And that happens in the first half hour of the movie. So essentially, the ending of the movie is spoiled in the first half of the in, in the first <laughs> half hour of the movie. Yeah. I suggest you let that one marinate. Which I thought was crazy. You know, I, I, I didn't I didn't think about it then. I thought about it afterwards, but I was like, it was just such a throwaway line. But like everything in the beginning is so throwaway and it only has meaning. Oh, towards yeah, the it end. doesn't come together at all. So until the very end. It's like I, I love this idea of like inversion and, and how the script plays with it. I love, you know, I love the idea of the inversion uh, pincer movement, right? Like the people who attacked Sator's facility who were dressed in blue are moving backwards through time. So essentially, the red team already knows what happens because the blue team has done it and is now moving backwards through time. So essentially, they they closed in on them in a pincer movement, which, which I liked. And I like the use of red and blue, which, uh, you know, are, is a theme throughout it. Anything that it's inverted is blue. Anything that's traveling forward through time is red. And they have these big machines that invert things. Uh, and we, we get a moment, which, uh, w- during the, during the plane crash and during the art heist, which again, there's like 10 heists in this movie. I mean, everything's a heist they're stealing something from someone at some point in every single location that they go to. But we know we learn that the protagonist, if he comes in contact with himself, he would essentially undo his own existence. But we find out that he did come in contact with himself during the art heist. And that's the moment I, 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 I realized that they were eventually going to go forward to a yeah. certain point in this plot before they started moving backwards because we get the part where Robert Pattinson chases a masked man down a hallway. He comes back holding the mask and running away and when the protagonist asks him what, you know, what happened to him, he just says, "Oh, I took care of it. Don't worry about it." Yeah. Yeah. And they just kind of let that go. And that that's the moment that I was like he just he, he just unmasked John David Washington and well, it's John David Washington moving backwards through time. I know it yeah, is. I knew and, something and, and was up. It. I didn't know exactly what or who, but it, I you know it did stick with me. There were a lot of moments throughout the movie was like where you could tell was something was a little off. Like you can you could just tell, and something was going to come and piece its way back together towards the end, and it did. So it was it, it wasn't terribly unnoticeable, <laughs> you know. Those things were going to be out there, and you could you know you could just kind of keep it in the back of your mind, and it would come together towards the end. Yeah. So I think you know talking about it now with you and with 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 all of you, I like talking about this movie. I like I like the idea. I like the themes. I I like this stuff, man. It's it's just um, it was just presented in it. Such exactly. A- it was presented not in an enjoyable way. Um, during your your theater experience, and the it quality was just, piss poor. just wasn't there. That's the another pro- problem thing, you know, with with the film itself. It's just, you know, to get to the point towards the end and watch the pieces come together, the puzzle pieces, or connecting the dots, or whatever you want to call it. And at the very end, and the closure, and you can see, like, I, one of my favorite things was that that departure scene with the Robert Pattinson and John David Washington. Oh, I love that moment. Uh, yeah, um, I love his, the ending. You know, he's slowly walking away and 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 kind of smiling and and explaining it to John David Washington and, and slash us um, little bits of of you know other things within the story and and him and how he is, right. um, who he is, and how he is 
you know, they're very good friends, and uh, he's he, going he to stick him, with it, and he's going to continue on. And it's the protagonist's first the mission, mission with Neil. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the protagonist's first mission with Neil, but for Neil, it's his last mission with the protagonist. Exactly, because he's going to continue moving forward through time at this point, or no, he's going to continue moving backwards through time, fulfilling whatever mission was given to him by the protagonist in the beginning. Right. Right before John David Washington was recruited by yeah, essentially himself, John David knows, John David Washington knows that he's going to die, and he saw him die at that. Which I think <laughs> I still need um, understanding about. It was that, Neil. It, yes, Neil it was, was Neil, the di- who was the the guy who died while they were ta- you know they were fighting for um, the paradigm. Oh uh, shit! The um, Oh, the algorithm. Uh, While they're the fighting algorithm. over the nine yeah, pieces of the algorithm. algorithm, and they're cutting back and forth, fighting with the guy, and then they cut to the little jewel dangling from his backpack or his right. the you pendant. Know, the, pendant. The, the, the soldier that is there is Robert Pattinson's Neil, and he is dead. So he has to get there. So he gets to that moment to essentially unlock mm-hmm. the cage so that they can get the algorithm from Sator's soldier. Yeah. But essentially, there's basically two Neils there at the same time. Just one's dead. Right. And Which I still don't understand. <laughs> Completely. Because whatever's happened, happened. <laughs> Whatever's uh, happened, yeah. happened. Uh, so that's that's one thing that I need to, to to look into again when I watch it again the second right. time. But it's it's this entire movie is the snake eating the tail, eating its own tail. Like mm-hmm. when does it when, mm-hmm. when does it end? Um, yeah. Because the the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end and stuff. You know, e- even in the beginning of the movie, when they're going for for what they call artifact two forty one, which is really the ninth piece of the algorithm, they're they're going after that, but by the end they're they're at a moment that is before that and there are all the pieces of the algorithm so one piece is going to have to go missing and wind up there in the locker 241 so that they can go get it (laughs) to start this whole thing over again so dave overall like this movie you know there are things to you know enjoy and respect of um it's just that you know, it's mainly like you said. It, it is the the story and script of itself. Like you know, this would be a more interesting read <laughs> than it would be so much a visual spectacle or a yeah, movie going honestly, experience. I think, I think it's too full um, of itself. It, it is, just is, does is not translate yeah. in uh, a movie going environment. It just yeah. it really just does not. And it's just one of those unfortunate things. And I do believe this is on the bottom tier for sure for. Um, Christopher Nolan's filmography. It's now definitely you know, you know, I don't like Memento five. all that much. I know, like that, that pisses people off every time right. I say it. I don't like Memento all that much. I'm not wowed by Memento. I think it's, I think it's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I like Memento more than this, <laughs> which I guess yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> it's saying something. I mean, like, like it, I, I just, I, I really. That my only interest in going back to this movie again is to understand it more, but I can't yeah. take away the flaws that I have with it. I- well, I guarantee, I guarantee you, this second time in IMAX watching this will probably be the last time watching this movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. I, I have no interest in going back other than to to maybe get a deeper understanding of the story and then yep. maybe have a better, more informed discussion about it in the future. Sure, just so I can explain oh, why, yeah, I, why I dislike it more. We're gonna be we're gonna be discussing this movie with friends you know under you know a bonfire one day down the line right and, and i'm gonna have and, to explain why i hate it right exactly and i want to you know we need to know what the hell we're talking about this is going to be like like one of those things where it's like there's going to be a small section of people 
who really, really enjoy this movie. And they're going to be a very loud mo- vocal minority. But and for the rest what? of but they for the rest of us, it's it, it is what it is. What's happened's happened, and <laughs> <laughs> we're going to forget it and we're going to move on to to hopefully better better films. But there's going to be that section of people that like this more because I feel like that that's that's always been me with Interstellar. Like I really enjoy Interstellar. It's up there for me with Inception. I think Inception like edges it out a little bit. But I really enjoy Interstellar. But when I talk to other people about it, other people are like, "It was fine. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, it's." Not nothing great and i'm like man i really dig interstellar <laughs> but but i also think that those are the people that did not give it multiple viewings yeah i mean I think every that time, does come back stronger with multiple viewings i don't see this being that movie i don't see this well, i don't that's see what me I'm going back and watching it. this we'll again say. yeah we'll um say. like dunkirk i really enjoy you know i i enjoy dunkirk um it's it's definitely low on my nolan list but yeah i'm not a I, fan i enjoy dunkirk a fair bit but I re- it's, again it's one of those classic it's just it's very much like this movie to be honest it's I, it's a lot to uh, respect but also as a as a viewing experience it was dull and flat and a lot of times throughout this movie so um, throughout Dunkirk as long along with you know tenant as well so you know that's something that he's gonna have to really kind of chew on and I think you know him getting an original film with this kind of budget and freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants i don't think that's going to happen again because i do believe this movie is going to have quite a bit of blowback and not good word of mouth now I, the, there uh, are going to be some repeat viewings obviously a la me who wants to go back and rewatch it but i have the freedom of the a-list pass you know so right but i don't know i, I really just can't see this movie making a terrible amount of money well I'm going to end it here. Uh, We're going to be back next week with reviews for Mulan and for The Boys Season 2. Jay will fill us in on whether he enjoyed Tenet more the second time around. But I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the list of the podcast listening app of your choice. If you're really enjoying the show, you can support us monetarily. You can head over to our Patreon page and there you can, for just $1 a month, you can get all the additional content we put on there. If you disagree with any of our reviews that we gave tonight, especially for Tenet, or you want to have a discussion on Tenet, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at SuperMoviePod. I am at J underscore SMB on Twitter. And also Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. And on Instagram, Super Movie Bros. So that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.